Hi, and welcome to another episode of Record Talk Listen. My name is Lydia, and thank you so much for joining me. On today's show, we feature members of the Grand Old Itch. I was lucky enough to interview them about a month ago at South Branch Studios, and they were putting the finishing touches on their brand new album. And we were still kind of figuring out when they were going to do their release date and everything else. And so I'm happy to report that they're releasing their brand new album at Dell Fest this year on May the 27th at 1030 in the morning in the music hall. So if you're attending Dell Fest, make sure not to miss that. And if you're unable to come this year, make sure to still support the band and head over to their website and uh, download the album. It's, it's really great. I was lucky enough to get a sneak listen and it's fantastic. So make sure to, to go out and get that album. Um, so they're also playing another huge festival. We hinted at it slightly in the interview. It's called Floyd Fest um, and it's July the 29th and they're playing at 1 p.m. They have other tour dates uh, listed on their website. So make sure to check that out. And that's grandoldditch.com. Speaking of websites, have you been to ours lately? It's recordtalklisten.com. It's pretty fantastic. It has all of our previous episodes there for you to just listen to there, or you can subscribe through iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Republic, and now Google Play. So you can pretty much take the podcast anywhere you want to go, um, and we can entertain you, which is fantastic. While you're on our website, make sure to look at that donate button. It's really tempting to press, and we really are we're daring you to do it so that you can support your local podcast. And for those who have have taken the challenge and donated, thank you very much. It allows us to bring content to you that you hopefully will enjoy. We also want to encourage you to maybe check out our sister podcast called Relish. And it's all about cooking and hopefully inspiring you to uh, get in the kitchen and cook what you eat. And that features Mark Witt and Tim Gallagher. So make sure to head over to their website. That's relishpod.com. And if you have any questions or you want a certain topic covered, um, send them an email and that's relishpod at gmail.com. So let's get into this really fantastic interview. It gives you and you get to know the guys in the band a little bit better and uh, make sure not to miss their album drop on May 27th. So without further ado, here are the guys from the Grand Old Ditch. All right, so we've got Grand Ole Ditch, or Old Ditch. It was like, like, Ole! Ole, right. So uh, you guys have a brand new album coming out. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, shortly. Yeah, at the end of May. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah. So this is a pretty big departure from the last album because you have like a full band. Yeah, the, the the full thing this time with all the current members on the same album. Drums, fiddle. Full seven pieces. Full seven pieces. So yep. what are the seven pieces for people that might not be familiar? Well, we've got every every uh, instrument in uh, Bluegrass Family covered pretty much. Okay. Uh, you know, we've got uh, guitar, upright bass, fiddle, mandolin, banjo, dobro. And, you know, now we have drums. Cool. Yeah. Do you think that's major sound richer? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah? For sure. It opens up the possibilities a lot more. It's, it seems like you can do a lot more uh, than just traditional bluegrass with that mm-hmm. mix. So you yeah. can really expand and kind of Yeah, it definitely gets a little more experimental in some parts and allows for that. Yeah. Because we can have a couple instruments just hold the back end of it and then... 
get real experimental with the solo instruments on top. That's great. Yeah, what we've actually come to find is that we, you know, we, we had to figure out how to, like, less lessen what we were doing. You know, we had to, everybody had to figure out a way to play less because you can't, huh. like, seven pieces so can't be, like, playing full-blown the whole time. Oh, right, you have to, like, actually let the instruments breathe a little bit. Is yeah, that it gets muddy, you know, so, uh, yeah. and even in the album, it's because it's a lot of these tunes that we did, you know, we, we gigged a lot of these tunes, maybe minus a couple of them, for the last six, eight, ten months, so, yeah. which is great, you know, to be able to do that, because then you kind of know what you want in the song when you go in the studio, it makes it a lot easier to cut. Yeah. But even when you get in the under the microscope, you realize there's even less that should be done. You yeah. Know? So even in this you know process, we've had to maybe cut a lot of notes out. Well, yeah. I would imagine the acoustics are different too, because you're when you're playing a gig, it's, it depends on the room and how the sound flows. And then when you're in a recording and studio, energy. It's, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and the people, how many people are in the room, and everything else. And when you're here, it's very structured and yeah. yeah there's and no it, room for error. It's a lot different playing to a recording of the other band members. Yeah. And then other than playing to them live, you know. I think you're much more critical oh, when boy. you're recording. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you can just play it over, I mean, on the track oh, over yeah. and over and over again. Well, it's funny, because you'll, you know, you'll listen to it even in, like, Tom and I, and I laughed about this a couple times, where, you know, we would be, we'd record it, and that night it'd be like, yeah, that was great. You feel good about it, and you come back like maybe a day or two later, and you're just like, "What was I thinking?" <laughs> yeah. And then you just have to redo it, you know, or something. So. Do you find that uh, you say that, and then you maybe it wasn't that bad? Do you ever oh. do something too much and go, "Why did I even do this? I should yeah. just go to the original track." Oh sure, yeah. Sometimes, uh, usually, the original idea, especially like when you're cutting solos and stuff like that, and tends to be like the best, in my opinion. You know, you can go over and over and over something and usually by the time you get to like four or five takes it's like all right the first one go back yeah, i guess it. and it goes that all adds into the process because you know when you first you know i always felt the same way the first take is always the best yeah unless you don't get it right right so you know it's always kind of like yeah let's let's get it and be a lot of prep work yeah so yeah. you guys prepped a lot for this then yeah, yeah. What does it start? Like, when you say, okay, well, we got to do a new album, like, what, what is that process? Is it just, like, a period of time that goes by, or you're just sick of playing the same songs over and over again, or, like, what, how does that happen? I, I think for us, it was, we had had so much new material come in between the last album and deciding to do this one. And numbers. Yeah, and plus adding Ray and Todd in full-time, Yeah. that we had developed almost an entirely different kind of sound than the last album. And we wanted to get that out to have a representative thing to show people. Right. And I imagine also when you're submitting to play festivals and things like that, you want to not present a band that is, is not it? what you're currently right. Right. perceived as. So that's that was, I think, one of the main goals I had Yeah, was to be able to show them, okay, this is actually what we are now. You don't have to pretend this also has drums and a fiddle now. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Right. That's good. I kind of like, you know, all the songs that we did on the previous album. Yeah. It would be neat to, like, put on a live album with actual drums and fiddle yeah. on them now, because even, you know, the songs on our previous album, they've, you know, changed somewhat, too. Gonna, yeah, I was going to say, if you, like, record from the first album, and then you get a chance to really work them out live, they're probably completely different. Yeah, well, sure. for, for example, we took a song that Craig wrote called Take Me Back that was a straightforward, standard, 
cliche bluegrass song, which was the point I think he was going for when he wrote it. <laughs> right. And then we turned it into kind of a honky tonk rock song. Country swinging <laughs> rock song. Country swinging rock yeah. song. It was like it's Waylon Jennings beat underneath it. Oh, that's awesome. Know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, doing stuff like that. And even like, uh, uh, what was the other song that we, we don't really play? We kind of reworked it. Um, was. Uh, Hindrance? Hindrance. Yeah, that's entirely different now. Entirely different. Although we haven't played it in a little bit, but yeah, yeah we, another example of we completely rewrote it and played it, I think, twice. Yeah. And then set it back on the shelf again to see if we come back around to it. Well, that's good. I mean, so who writes the songs and who comes up with the ideas? Is that a collective thing? Uh, we we've all done individual songs, and we get together, kind of bring an idea for everyone to take a whack at. Yeah. <laughs> Like, hey, I just thought, what do you think? Yeah. So it's very much like, here's we call the, it the ditch blender. The yeah. ditch blender. Yeah. yeah, you show up, bring your <laughs> ideas and your lyrics, and you throw them in the blender and see what comes out. Do you do what David Bowie used to do and like write a bunch of words and cut them up and stick them in a hat? <laughs> no, we do that with notes and yeah. rhythms. Really? Notes and rhythms. <laughs> like, the way I usually write is I, I write lyrics and then come up with music for it. Okay. Because I'm terrible at writing music progressions. Okay, so you know your strengths then. Yeah, a, a lot of the songs I've done have been someone else writing music or me putting words to someone else's in the band. Okay. Like, uh, Unwind on this new album coming out, I wrote the lyrics on uh, lunch break at work, and the melody is something from an old traditional number, and then we mixed in our own chorus and put in our own bridge and things in it. It all came out that way and worked out pretty well. That's good. But all I knew coming into practice that night was, hey, I have these lyrics, and I kind of based it off this old fiddle tune. Okay. So, I mean, do, so you're more of a lyric-based than melody. Most of the time, yeah. yeah. Anybody else the opposite? Well, yeah, who right are here. you? They can't see you. You can raise your hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can't see you. I think Ray and I are definitely, yeah. more, definitely. more of that, for sure. You're like, but. I got a great melody. And then yeah, finding and lyrics. for me, lyrics will strike me very uh, few and far between. It's random for me with lyrics, but okay. usually melodic type tunes, instrumental numbers, are definitely more of a stronger suit for me. They okay. just kind of come out sometimes, and um, I know Ray has a knack for it too. But you know, Ray, you'll, you write good lyrical tunes as well. Well, we it always, always just kind of seemed like you know there are two kinds of writers. There's writers that always seem like, you know, this has to hit you and you have to go write it down, or there's the kind of writers where you're just like, I'm going to write a tune. Yeah. And that, that's all the way I've always been, kind of like, I can always just sit down and write an instrumental tune, have a lever, like the lyrics, they just kind of got to come, and then I have to write them down, or they're gone. They're gone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you guys yeah. always have notepads with you. Well, I keep a note file on my phone, and it's oh, just hundreds out. of ideas. Yeah. Because I'll either have like a song title or an idea for a song or a chorus or a verse. Now, when you write a lyric, do you have like a feeling of the melody you want? Like you came in and said, this is an old field tune and I kind of want it to feel like this. And then that might help yeah. somebody else. Sometimes I'll have an idea, but sometimes, a lot of time when I write, it's just straight, uh, basically poetry. <laughs> right. Well, it's just what yeah. most songwriting is. But I, I usually don't have any idea of a melody. Like uh, there's a song we're writing for Future Time. Ryan and I are, that I had some old lyrics in the note file, and he started playing a melody that he had written, and I was like, wait, I think this will work, and I dug it out of my phone, and he started playing, and with just a couple little changes, we could get it to line up. That's great. So, 
we're hoping to have that one ready sometime this year. Sometime this year? Yeah. Do you guys gonna how many I mean, do you have like a plan for album releases like once a year? Not really. <laughs> we have enough tunes even still yet in the bank to kind of put out at least another album. So you're constantly to. just cranking stuff out. Well, we originally yeah. recorded like 15 tunes for this record okay. and you know uh three of them didn't quite make the cut um or needed to be reworked a little bit more okay. but it's you know i think that was our plan was to over record so we had a little bit more choice of what to use right and then you can you have time to figure out the other stuff sure yeah i mean we had a little bit of time constraints too you know where you know certain things uh, were a little unable to record at this time so we're just put them on the shelf for the next one that's good yeah, and we ran into some uh, setbacks with winter and oh. bridge flooding out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Three feet of snow for a couple weeks. Yeah, well, that, that'll do it. Sometimes that's good, though. It's an, it's an outside Mother Nature thing, which is like, you got, I'm going to force you to step away and stop <laughs> for a few minutes. Yeah. And then when you come back, you're like ready to go. Was that the case? Uh, for me, for a couple parts, yeah. Yeah. How about anybody else? Well, I know Ray's furthest away, so yeah, I live I live about two hours from here. So oh, really? It's always it's always kind of like that, you know. When I come back, there's always all of this stuff. Yeah, you got done. a lot of time to think in the car, and, and oftentimes it's it's different than the last time I was here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, it's always that always kind of keeps me on my toes. Um, you know, I kind of worried a little bit, like three feet of snow, because like there was like that few days I didn't really hear from anybody. I was like, are you guys still down there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we all made it through. Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, you have a title for your new album? Yeah, uh, tentatively right now, I think we're down to pretty much fully decided on it. Yep. But I think we're going with uh, through the lockhouse door. Okay. Yeah. So you want to explain that? Well, we passed lockhouse seventy on the way here every time coming through Old Town. Yeah. And we're named after the canal and we were kind of looking for something that would deal with both of those, but also moving forward through time. And I think that was mostly your concept. I think I got the bones of that. Yeah, it is. You know, we sat around, you know, sat at a bar one night and just kind of threw some names out. And I think that's what came out. I always, I think it was lock house or you know we were toying around with that just idea then yeah. it's just like let's make it mystical <laughs> <laughs> and you add a door yeah. <laughs> cool so i mean i guess we, since you brought it up well, when did the band start and where did you come up with this name uh this would, would have been about four and a half years ago is when we started practicing as the original five members which were uh ryan jody Craig, Lucas, Dave, and I. Three, I think three and a half, not four and a half. No, it's, It'll be four this year, right? Yeah, 2012. So. Yeah, the fall. Three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Okay, I'm, I'm terrible at math. That's okay. But. Uh, Feels like, like four. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Eight months before that, I finally found an upright bass to buy, which I decided to buy almost a year before that at Delfast. Mm -hmm. And. I was talking to the bass player for the Infamous String Dusters, and he convinced me to just go buy one whenever I found one cheap enough to see if I wanted to stick with it. Mm -hmm. So I finally did. I bought Josh Brown's old uh, K bass, started playing that, and took it to the next Dell Fest, played it out there at a couple jam fests, and decided to keep going with it. And by the end of that summer, towards August or so, I was starting to get a couple of people together to see if we could just play in my living room. Yeah. 
and my buddy Zan, he bought a banjo that he was learning to play, so we were trying to get that going, and then I brought my brother over because he played guitar, and there was another kid that played guitar for a while that moved out of town, and then I had Ryan come over because I knew he used to play <laughs> rhythm guitar, and then proper I knew, jam. yeah, I, we started to get a proper jam going, and I knew Craig from working with him previously that he had a banjo that he sometimes played. Mm -hmm. So I had him come over and Craig or I think Craig called Jody or Dave called Dave you. Probably, yeah. yeah, and then Jody brought his Dober over and we had a full thing going for a couple weeks. We would just meet on Wednesday and drink a case of beer and play whatever music we could. Yeah. And there was one point where we realized we probably had something good enough to go out and play. Uh, it was when we were playing uh, Shady Grove, Ricky Skaggs' version. Mm -hmm. After that, we go, you know, we should probably book a show. So we booked a show at Niners that December, I think it was. And that was our first show, and we sold it out, and then we kept going from there. We've had a couple lineup changes since then, mm -hmm. but that's when it started. It would have been uh, August of 2012. Our first show was December 2012. That's pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's for the whole... Scheme of things. Yeah, because I, like I said, I had only been playing the upright bass for a little over a year at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and Dave and I were playing in Frost Mountain Revival, you yeah. know, and which is, you know, Dave and I had spent the last couple of years playing in a band together. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, I was playing guitar in that group, and Dave was still playing mandolin and, and the other one, and uh, it was kind of a nice way to, like, get the dobro out, because I didn't really have any other outlet for it. Right. So it was, it was fun to be able to come down and, and do that. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I never expected it to turn into what it, it has. I yeah, think it's and, really cool that you guys just were getting together on Wednesday nights as just for sure, ple sure pleasure for yourself, right. not, like, thinking that this could ever blow up. And then you're going, yeah, I think we could probably play <laughs> in public and not get tomatoes in the face. So yeah. I, I think that that's pretty awesome. Yeah, when we decided to... Uh, start going out and playing together. We had to solidify a name, and I went to the internet and hit a couple bluegrass name generators, and they were all kind of awful. Uh, one of the ones I was going to say, give me an example. <laughs> well, one of, one, of, one of the ones I settled at was uh, I think Coal Mountain Ramblers was oh, the yeah. best thing that came out wow. of the generator. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I texted Zan. He goes, dude, that's awful. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. He goes, just pick something about the area. Yeah. So the first thing I googled was the uh, CNO Canal, and on the Wikipedia article, the first sentence is like the CNO Canal, also known as the Grand Old Ditch. Nice. I was like, oh, okay, that's it. Good. Texted back to him. He's like, yeah, just use that. That's just change good. it to all. All. That's good. He's like, make it folksy. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's good. People know who you guys are. Well, and then, like you said at the beginning, Olay, yeah. like we attached, I know it's wrong now, originally I didn't know it was wrong, but <laughs> so the, the apostrophe after Ol is one of the only reasons we show up in Google searches, because when you search Grand Ol without the apostrophe, all the hits are Grand Ol Opry. So it was a strategic move, a mistake that turned into a really good strategic yeah. move. Yeah, it, it, like it turned out to work real good for the search engine yeah, ranking. The infamous apostrophe. Because yeah, yeah, the infamous apostrophe. If you add the apostrophe, right. all the results are us. Yeah. But if you don't, all the results are the Grand Ole Opry. 
I think. That's amazing. Like, that's a good mistake. That it was a genius mistake on your part. Yeah. I, well, yeah. it's the funny part is, like, I think the last year or so, Jake always hounds the venues that don't put the apostrophe. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I have to send out a, a, a canned statement in an email. I'm like, yes, I know this is wrong, but please include the apostrophe. This is how we spell it. But it's it's so wrong, but it's still right in Google Because search. of these exact reasons. <laughs> yeah, it's turning a, a good inside joke, for it's sure. Pretty, I, like, when I interviewed Jody on the podcast before, I always thought, like, oh, my God, if they're sending out CDs, that people are going to think they're a mariachi band. Yeah. And it's like, how oh, awful would that be if they like showed up and they're like, oh. Well, I, I, I've heard it before, but luckily my dad's got a great sense of humor and he just screams away at most of the shows. That's so fun. So he's you would encourage that to yeah. yeah. All great. of our recordings have Jake and Luke's dad. Oh, hey. That's <laughs> awesome. So it's a good mistake. Yeah, then. so it, it, it's worked out. But I just gotta hound everyone to remember to spell it wrong. Spell, <laughs> spell it wrong. It's the only way to spell it. Yeah, right. because you can either spell it O L apostrophe or O L E nothing. Yeah. And I combine them both because I think I figured that out at <laughs> midnight at a bar. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> to come up with your names for your albums and your bands in bars, so that must be a common theme. Is that gonna continue for your next album? I don't know. I hadn't thought of it before, but I guess we do. <laughs> So I finish this one. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. Yeah, I, it'll be done. You guys, I mean, you're no, not going to walk away at this point, we're, right? We're 98% there, so. That's good. That's good. So, and uh, you're playing some pretty big venues this summer. Do you guys like touring in the summer? Uh, it gets hot, but I sweat all the time anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that? Festivals. Yeah. But, I mean, it's good exposure-wise, because you're going to festivals and things, too. So. Yeah, it, it's some where you get a lot of people that haven't seen you before, yeah. especially when you play at the bigger ones, and you can make better impressions, I think. Well, yeah, because you, you're getting kind of like a cross-section of the United States sometimes at these festivals, so right. that's a good thing. Um, so you played Delfest last year, which was a huge deal. Yeah. Uh, especially since it's a local thing, and I've been going to it since it started, and that's where I got into bluegrass. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was into techno and Rage Against the Machine. And, and that's <laughs> fine. I mean, do you still like enjoy listening to techno? Oh, yeah, I, I still do. Do you think it's a good counterbalance, too? I think, for me, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because cool. I, I bring out terrible pop songs and play them for Luke all the time. <laughs> I keep trying to get them to play them. Half of them might work, but most of them are... Oh, they're pretty cheesy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pop songs usually are pretty cheesy. Yeah. So um, you're playing Delfest and then Charm City. That's before Delfest, yeah? Yeah, Charm City's here at the end of April. That's in Baltimore. Yeah, and we're playing the after party. We're opening for Love Cannon, which would be fun. Yeah, Love Cannon is a good time. Yeah. They do covers of 80s songs. Oh, they're great, yeah. In a bluegrass style. So it's, they're like one of those bands that are great because everybody knows all the words to the songs. Oh, so yeah. audience participation is good. Do you guys play covers at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, occasionally. Uh, we might have a couple that will break out for the Love Cam. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, we... In the style of the band you're opening. Well, yeah, it's, you know, I, I don't know. We, we cover some Elton John sometimes. And, Sweet. And some what Elton John song do you guys cover? Uh, we've been doing Rocket Man recently. Sweet. Yeah. So fast or slow? Real fast. <laughs> Looks good. Um, and then Sleepy Creek, which is another kind of local festival. Yeah, down Hancock Way. That's, yeah. uh That's always a fun one to take. Actually, over across the river in West Virginia at Sleepy Creek, yeah. West Virginia. But mm-hmm. it's it's a fun one. And uh, I think we're playing the middle of Saturday night. Five o'clock. Five, six, something like that. Oh. Anyway, it'll be a fun one. There's yeah. uh, 
Hacksaw Boys, Larry Keel. Consider the Source. Consider the Source. Okay. And a few other different kind of bands. Cool. Do you like playing a bill that's varied and not just like a straight up bluegrass bill? Yeah. 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 Yeah, de- definitely because I get to hear and meet other people. And it makes you guys stand out a little bit more. You don't get lost in the shuffle. Right. Yeah. Good. Although, you know, we've had good luck playing just straight, you know, bluegrass type of outings before. Yeah. But I think this year it's changed a little bit, you know, because of like the full seven piece with the drums. You know, there are certain festivals that. Don't know, like drums? Yeah, for sure. You know, you just see, you, you, you have to kind of avoid them and, uh, at this point now. You know, I know we played, uh, you know, Laurel Hill Bluegrass Fest the last many years, which is super fun. And I know they wanted us to come back this year, but, you know, just playing with drums on that stage would be really tricky. And this year we kind of made it a point that we really didn't want to perform anything else but a se- as a seven piece. Yeah, so, good. Yeah. That's, that's uh, great. So you're not letting other people dictate your style then? No. Not particularly, no. Yeah, I think that's that's good. Sometimes bands starting out kind of don't stick up for themselves and then that's where they get into some trouble. But it sounds like you guys have it together. Yeah, we're trying. You know, everybody's got their own style too, which is kind of cool. And I think all the original songs come across that way, you know, in terms of each individual person's like writing style. As we said earlier, through the Ditch Blender, you know, I think it all comes out ditch. But you should do your own like side website with like <laughs> the Ditch Blender, and you can have your own like bad bluegrass name generator. That's not bad. I got set that up pretty quickly. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, yeah. Todd, uh, on drums, and I, we, we've now started a, a little rockabilly trio um, with our friend Shane playing, and Todd plays upright bass also, oh, nice. and uh, doing like this kind of rockabilly country swing thing, and we're, we're in the middle of trying to figure out a name, and I found Hody's rockabilly, or no, Fody's, Fody's rockabilly wow. name generator. Fody's. <laughs> Fody's. So there, there are, they're like... Genre specific, specific name generators. That's really good. I mean, sometimes you get one half of it, like one half of a good name, and you're like, uh, I'm halfway there. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So you're, you have a, a potential huge, well-known festival in Virginia. Yeah, uh, we're, we're hoping to get the final details about that, and then we'll be able to tell everyone eventually, but yeah. it's, it's a well-known Virginia festival. Great. We're hoping we've got a slot out. During the summer. Yeah. During the summer. During the summer. During the summer. Okay, good. So if you are good at figuring out puzzles, then you'll know which one we're talking about, which is good. So you recorded here at South Branch Studios. Yes. Um, with a wonderful Tom Dodd. And how has that been? It's been great. Yeah. 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 Good. yeah uh, Tom brings a lot to the table in the effect of keeping us on track in line. <laughs> Does it let you wander off too much? Not, not too much, but uh, he's also got great equipment and a nice space out here, and, yeah. and a lot of a lot of years uh, experience like with sound. So he is the wise wise man behind the board. True professional, yeah. A true yeah. professional. No, it's been fun. I mean, I, I know we've all had, you know, we started out recording it together, laying down the basic tracks, and then I know each one of us has kind of come out here separately to record our individual parts and uh yeah that, that for me that was especially fun i think tom and i spent the better part of close to a month coming me coming back and forth and 
you know, spending the night one night and hanging out. Tom cooked me breakfast one morning, which was Aww, awesome. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's what you want. Actually, <laughs> Tom, Tom uh, re- re- rejuvenated my love for steel cut oats. <gasps> really? And a good whiskey. And, and a good whiskey. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah, I was going to add, that was my next question. Since you brought up food, you know, is there one consistent thing when you're recording? And, and that's been... Whiskey. 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 Any particular style of whiskey? Several variants of bourbon. Okay. Maker's, Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark. Gentleman Jack. Maker's. Good whiskey. Good whiskey. Yeah, good, good whiskey. Gentleman Jack. So uh, a key, a key to a really good bluegrass album is. I'd say whiskey. Good whiskey. <laughs> so before you got to this studio, where did you record? We recorded mobily. Um, I have my I have a studio at my house, a smaller one, and you know I've got a rack mounted, you know, uh, interface unit, which basically allows me to kind of put a cap on it, take it out of my studio, and bring it anywhere we want. Mm-hmm. So the last two, I guess it was, yeah, we, we did. yeah the last yeah because we did them both. We did them both. Mobile. Yeah, we did. Uh, our our friends April and Andy Hirschberger live up in. Um, they lived in Springs for a long time, and now they live outside of uh, Myersdale. You know, awesome place in like two hundred acres or something like that. Yeah, they got they got a house, an old barn they bought from England or somewhere and turned into Canada. A house. Yeah, they Canada a right. barn resurrected. Yeah, and part of the royal. Yeah. True. Path. <laughs> British Empire. But they're good friends. I used to work with April when I worked at the Savage River Lodge in my hotel days. Yeah. And then we've kept up. And then her um, husband, Andy, takes lessons from me weekly for, you know, years. And I go up there on Sunday evenings. And I'll go up there tonight, actually. And, uh, you know, they'll feed me dinner and we'll uh, have a lesson. And uh, and then they, they have this great space um, uh, outside of their house. And when they lived in Springs, it was like a big, huge garage, like four, three, four bay garage. And then he had this A-frame uh like rec room built in the upper portion of it and it, it just really comfortable carpeted really big room and it sounded really good so yeah. we would just and they were really accommodating you know and they let us go up there as long as we wanted to it's gonna be pretty cool to have like a band record an album and yeah we, on we, your property right. Right. we basically you know? camped out there for a long weekend at one point and we were using the uh they had a sectional sofa we had set up as baffles between the instruments. Yeah, worked pretty well. <laughs> hey, I mean, you MacGyvered your way into a recording studio, which yeah, is good. Yeah, it, 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 it did work pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I thought we came out with, uh, you know, the last, especially the last one came out pretty well. We had uh, Drew Becker, you know, the sound mm-hmm. man for the yeah. Instruments String Dusters, you know, he's from Cumberland here. He, he mastered the last album, and he'll master this one also. Great. Um, so... Yeah, we did that, you know, mobily, and then, you know, I'd take it home and edit it and mix it, and then we'd all get together and agree on a mix, and that was that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. we'd record, uh, he had a spare room over off of Old Town Road. We had the vocal mic set up in to track vocals for him, sitting in his little uh, office. Yeah. Trying to keep all the, the good old days. <laughs> it's, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, obviously you're moving forward. You're, you've moved into proper recording studio that same sort of vibe like really warm and welcoming and yeah um and you can come in individually and it's seems to be working well the one thing i think is really valuable another uh, big thing that tom brings to the table is another set of ears you know so it's like and and really good ears at that and uh kind of uh may i say no shit ears because it's like you know, he's going to tell you straight up what, you know, which yeah. is really good. You know, I, I, you want that in a studio. Yeah, you because, do. 
you, you can get really involved and too focused. You get all in your head and, too. You're yeah. like, I'm, this is the best thing that's ever happened, and then somebody goes, No, it's not. <laughs> like, take it down yeah. the notch. And yeah. You need that governor, and I think that that's that's good. Yeah, big, and so, and also in this this next phase when we start mixing it and editing it and all that kind of stuff, it. It's also really valuable to have another set of outside ears, you know, to do that. So, and then that, that's also why we send it out to get it mastered, so it actually gets sent to yet another set of ears. Yeah. Um, and in this case, super pro ears too. Good. With Drew. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys, you guys have been on the podcast. Now you're on the podcast officially, mm. which is great. And I normally ask the the famous three questions, but because. This is a music-related podcast. Go around the room, and I want you to say your name so people can know who the voice belongs to. Okay. I probably should have done that in the beginning, but eh, better late than never. So tell me, who was your maybe your first band that you went to go see live, and then your, the first album you purchased? Uh, first band I saw live, if we count elementary school. Yeah, no, like the first band. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was Herbie Hancock. Nice. Which was awesome. But it, it might have been Bobby McFerrin, because for some reason, my class at school, we had a private concert with Bobby McFerrin at the Kennedy Center. What? Yeah, something worked out. And th- this would have been like third or fourth or fifth grade. I can't remember. How which amazing one was first. is that? But he was performing there that night, and through something he was doing with kids' groups, we got to go down. He did like an hour for us. And that's pretty cool. And it was pretty for awesome. a kid watching this dude make all these noises with his mouth. Like that's got to be pretty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the teacher must have been really annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, but that, I remember that. That was that was awesome. Cool. So that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was the album? The first album that you purchased? The first one I purchased. You purchased. Yeah. Okay. So this was on a school high school field trip to New York City. Okay. I went to the Virgin Record Megastore, had my own money for the first time, uh-huh. and I was really into Creedence Clearwater, but I didn't know anything about their albums because I'd only been listening to like old Elvis cassettes up to uh, that point oh. and the radio. Uh-huh. So I got uh, more Creedence Gold I found in the clearance section at the bottom of the Virgin Megastore in Times Square, <laughs> and it was like their greatest hits album they put out. That's good. I, I still have it somewhere. Well, that's awesome. So it was a good investment for you if you still have it. Yeah, it was. It was a good eighteen dollars spent. It's appreciated every time. I think you're uh, you're ahead of the game there. Yeah. Good. All right. That's uh, Jacob. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's Jacob. I'm Jacob. <laughs> I'm Come on, guys. No Follow the rules, guys. No, go ahead. I'm I'm Jake's little brother, Luke. I believe the first the first concert I saw, the real one, was The Shins and Spoon. At Merriweather. It was the loudest thing I've ever heard in my life. And, uh, <laughs> I was going to say that. It's pretty good. It's a good first, uh, first introduction to live concerts, I believe. And what was the first album you bought? Uh, this is the embarrassing one. I think it was... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it was System of a Down. Yeah, it was Toxicity. It was their, their first album. I was in middle school and didn't Wait know any better. Did. You'll be fine. Uh, it's okay. Uh, I grew up in an era of uh, NSYNC and boy bands and... I think it was a good rebellious record for you. I, think so too. I mean, it, yeah, I, I was I was thinking you were gonna say like Britney Spears or something. No, like, no, it was like way <laughs> I missed that luckily. Good, good. Well, um, I'm Ray Brockman. I play fiddle. Um, I think the first concert I ever saw live was uh, I've my dad's friend had a is a reporter and she had an interview with Charlie Daniels. Oh, nice. And got six tickets and three backstage passes. To go, to go see him at uh, Starlight Amphitheater up at Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I got, and I had, at the time, had just been playing for about maybe a month or two. And I got to go meet wow. Charlie Daniels, who was, like, the guy that, like, I heard Devil went down to Georgia, and I was like, I gotta do that. Yeah. So that was really great to get to meet him and talk to him about it and then see him, which was really great, like, underrated band. Yeah. From, like, well, and, like, you picked yeah. up the fiddle because yeah. you heard that song, yeah. and you got to meet the dude. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. And then as far as the first record that I ever bought with my own money, I really have no idea. Yeah. But um, if I were going to take a guess, I'm going to think it would probably, it was an album um, by the Tony Rice Unit called Unit of Measure. Okay. Um, so I, you're like straight up bluegrass then. I was for a really long time, although yeah. that album isn't really, I wouldn't say that's straight up bluegrass. Yeah. But I didn't like it when I bought it. <laughs> um, and that was probably maybe like my second or third concert I saw him play with Peter Brown. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Good. So. That's great. Uh, Jody Moser, played Deborah. <laughs> um... I will start with the first album I bought, because okay. I, I had that before I saw my first concert. Uh, the first album I bought was Motley Crue, Dr. Feelgood. Nice. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. And then I think maybe, yeah, because my older brother, I was like, I loved like G&R back then. And like all They're on stuff. tour. You can go see them now. Oh my gosh. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was the first album I bought, and it was a CD, I remember. Um, but the first uh, concert I saw was the Allman Brothers Band and at wow. Meriwether Post. And nice. It changed my life. Right, well, I would imagine. Uh, it was amazing. Well, it was still when Dickie was still with him. So it was, you know, it was Dickie and Warren. Uh, although, you know, the the groupings thereafter have been great. I've yeah. seen them so many times in so many different ways, uh, depending on which guitar players were, you know, in and yeah. were filling in. But, uh, yeah, that was that was definitely, still to this day, one of the best concerts I ever saw in my life. Cool. Ryan, I play guitar, and my first concert was Green Day. My dad bought a whole bunch of concert tickets for me and my buddies. Uh-huh. Went to go see them down in D.C., and my first album, regrettably, was Green Jelly. I can't remember the album name. <laughs> Green Jelly? Oh, yeah. Nice. The Three Little Pigs. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> Whoa. What? I, I, what? Oh, yeah. Compl- I have heard this. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> do you still have it? I do not. Uh, I don't know. I think somebody stole it. It's that good of an album. Yeah. <laughs> somebody yeah. It's on Spotify, it. though. It's super fun. Uh, do you, like, That's stream amazing. it every once in a while? Oh, yeah. yeah? That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, oh, and I wish you. you all the success, and I hope you sell a lot of albums, and people come and see you guys. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having us. For more information on what you've heard on today's show, make sure to head to our website, and that's for direct links to the Grand Old Ditch's website, including some tour dates and where you can purchase their album. So if you like what you hear, we hope you subscribe. And each week we will bring you a fresh podcast. Um, you can do that many ways. We have uh, we just are live on Google Play about a month ago. So that's pretty exciting. That's our newest platform. And you can use that for Android and iOS. So Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Republic. So if you want to take the podcast with you, you can. While you're on our website, make sure to donate. If you want to sponsor the show, we have thousands of downloads each week. So if you want to get a specific target market, I'm your gal. 
you can um, do the hey this podcast is sponsored by your name here or you can do a little bit more detail ad about you know what you do and how people can get in contact with you and you can head over to our website we have a sponsorship page um, take a look at what we have to offer and if this seems like a good fit for you then send us an email at recordtucklesson at gmail.com we would love to hook you up with some sponsorship we always love to hear from our listeners make sure to hit us up on twitter and we're at rtl pod we're on facebook at facebook.com slash record listen leave us a comment send us a message and an old-fashioned email always gets through and that's record listen at gmail.com this has been another episode of record talk listen where i hit record people talk and hopefully you listen until next time thank you so much Thank you.